Pues, padre, gracias por trust. Gracias por levantar a gente. Habla español. Uh, yeah, obviously I don't. What you're hearing is the voice of Joshua Sanchez praying for entrust and for the country of Spain. Ayúdanos a seguir haciéndolo, ayúdanos a seguir, Señor, tocando los corazones de las personas para... Today, Lori Lind visits with Joshua Sanchez, Kelsey Rose, Damaris Zafra, and Sheila Bader about Spain's spiritual environment, the beginnings of revival there, and the dream of a disciple-making movement spreading across the Spanish-speaking world. So, hi, I'm Damaris. I live in Barcelona. And I'm involved with Entrust since 2016. And I took the first training in Switzerland. And I just loved it. And I wish to share that with other people here in Spain. Um, and I love about Spanish culture that we love to hang out, to be outside of our homes all the time and going out and have coffee with friends or just being around all the time. While we're talking with you, you do have an interesting hobby that's also a ministry on the side um, involving the water. Can you just tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, I collaborate with Christian Surfers uh, Ministry, um, and we just love to surf and share the gospel in, in the water when we are surfing. So um, how about you, Joshua? Tell us all about yourself. Well, I'm Joshua. I'm 21. And I really was born in Ecuador, but when I was like five or six months, my family and I came here to, to Spain. So I grew up here in, in Barcelona. I'm studying uh, theology at Ipste. There I, I met Damaris, so it's like our context, the seminary. And I, well, one of the things that I love uh, about Spanish culture is like Damaris said, that here people loves to talk. I mean, you can be in a park or maybe in the supermarket and there will be always a person that will talk to you and it's like uh, I don't know it's it's so 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 good to 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 see how you can um, have good conversations with people is there such a thing as a shy Spanish person maybe <laughs> well I didn't found a shy person, so, <laughs> so surely there is someone. Mostly pretty outgoing and um, maybe more extroverted than introverted. Would that be true? Yes. Interesting. Well, so Kelsey, tell us about yourself. My name is Kelsey. I am 28 years old. I was actually born in the United States in Michigan. But my parents moved to Spain when I was nine as intercultural workers. So I've pretty much grown up here. I've lived more than two thirds of my life here and I love Spain. I love Spanish people, Spanish culture. It's It's been a huge blessing for me to be able to live here and develop my ministry here. Um, I recently graduated from the university. I studied philosophy at a secular university here in Spain. Um, I'm also an author, a pastor's wife and started collaborating with Entrust this year. 
Wow, an author. So, excuse me, what have you written? Um, I'm getting ready to publish my first book called Jesus is Mallorcan Feminismo. So it talks about that intersection between feminism and Christianity, um, because feminism is a really big deal here in Spain. And the church needs more resources to talk about it. My goodness, that's fascinating. Uh, you all are representing so much um, expertise and wisdom and knowledge. This is going to be such a rich conversation. Um, we'll go to Sheila. Sheila, tell us all about yourself. I am not Latina, but I feel like at least not by ethnic background, but I have a very deep love for uh, Spanish-speaking people. Um, I grew up in a small town in Nebraska, which is right in the middle of the United States. And um, I was a Spanish major in college. And so I lived in Spain for um, a year when I was in college. And then I went back and did a two-year short-term stint in Madrid. I lived in uh, Sevilla in college and then went back and lived in Madrid. And um, now I work within trust since 2021. So I get the privilege of working with these guys who live in Spain. And one day very soon I get to go have a trip to España, which I'm very much looking forward to. <laughs> because where do you live now, Sheila? Eastern, Southeastern Washington State. I'd like to know more about each of you, like a little bit, how did you come to know Jesus personally? And what are some ways that you were discipled in growing deeper in your walk with Christ? I grew up in a Christian home. So my parents were very devoted Christians. Uh, we actually lived across the street from the church from the time that I was born. And then uh, when we came to Spain, my parents were still very devoted Christians and very enthusiastic about sharing their faith with others. So I grew up in a home that took the Christian faith very seriously. So I would say that um, I was most discipled by my parents and um, also by other families, other um, yeah, close, close friends that loved the Lord and really want, took an interest in me and, and what God and believe what, what God would do in my life. So I started going to church when I was five. And when I was around seven or eight years old, I just understood what the Lord did for me, that he died for me in the cross and that I, he had a place for me in heaven. So I completely understood that and started to believe in God. But I didn't have a real change. I thought being a believer was to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> um, so my youth and my teenage kind of life was more just going on Sundays to church. But the Lord always placed someone besides me to help me not go too far away from him. And he always used specific things like summer camps or um, going out to uh, share about the gospel with non-believers and those specific things make me go back to him all the time and also when things like I when I was having kind of problems or things that I asked the Lord directly okay if you're real can you please show up on here <laughs> and and he did so um, I actually think that the Lord never let me go too far away from him 
and he always brought me closer. So if I'm here today, it's because he's good <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well, I met Jesus thanks to my grandmother. Um, well, we as Latinos, we grow up in a kind of Christian culture or a subculture. And the, the idea of God wasn't too uh, far away from me because, well, we, we, we know things, stories, but in my family, there wasn't any Christian instead of, of my grandmother. And one day, thanks to um, Skype, thanks to Skype, we did a, a, a meeting. And I was asking her some things about aliens that I, well, I, I was watching a, a TV program in, in history channel. So there was like, I, I don't remember. So, so good. Like the, the angel who spoke to Abraham wasn't an angel, but an alien. So, well, the, the, the only person who, who could an, uh, answer me was my grandmother. So I asked her if, if, if that was true or not and she uh, answered me and started to to share to me the gospel and that night I, I i came to jesus and i i never had like uh uh this uh, a serious discipleship maybe the pastor or a leader helped me to to do some things to to know jesus better but never i had the uh, 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 someone who was leading me step by step. So in the first two years was my grandmother, uh, thanks to the internet. But then uh, I grew up uh, in the middle of the, the community of the church. So I think that now in this, uh, in this is the, the, the moment that I'm, I'm starting to be discipled uh, Yes, that I'm starting to be disciple. Uh, by by the people from the school that you go to, or no, by my pastors and leaders leaders of my church. And and when you mentioned Skype, that was you were talking with your grandmother on Skype, yes. and you were asking her about the alien. Is that what you meant? Yeah. So she, your grandmother, still lives in or lived in Ecuador. Yes. 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 Well, Sheila, how about your story? I grew up in a family that attended church, but it was mostly just a Sunday thing. But I did have a lot of curiosity about Jesus from going to Sunday school. And the first time I ever really heard a clear presentation of the gospel, I was in middle school. And I was very attracted to the idea of Jesus, but I also was very just caught in, you know, doing whatever I had to do to be in the correct group, uh, like peer pressure. So I kind of, you know, I would dabble kind of like Marie said, I would go to a summer camp and I would, you know, God would draw me closer. And then, um, but just kind of one foot in one world, one foot in the other world, all the way through high school, college. But when I went to Spain uh, as a third year university student, I met a girl named Esperanza, who we would get together every week and practice English and Spanish. And one week when I met with Esperanza, and she looked like Damaris. I mean, it was a long time ago, but when I met Damaris, I thought, oh, she looks like Esperanza. 
um, she asked me, do you believe in God? And I said, sure, doesn't everybody? And she said, no, I don't. And I want to know why you do. And that made me realize that I didn't know the God that I said I believed in. So I went back to my last year of university and a friend invited me to a Christian group on campus. And I was living in a big house with a lot of other girls. So I snuck out the back door and went to this meeting and uh Jesus met me <laughs> at that meeting. And, uh, you know, that was the moment of, of uh, turning. And so then I got involved in that group, which was very uh, discipleship oriented and just kind of stayed under the umbrella of those people who poured into my life for years. Well, I love how, you know, God has worked in each of your lives somewhat similar in some similar ways, some different ways. And some of you have mentioned about Spanish culture or Latin culture in general is very infused with the church, but then there's a difference between just church and just really knowing Jesus personally. So can you tell us more just like the the culture, the spiritual environment uh, that you're serving in in Spain? One thing that I would mention is that the spiritual environment in Spain has changed a lot in the past few years. I believe that Mm. the younger generations are bringing a lot of freshness, a lot of curiosity, a lot of interest in the faith that their parents really didn't care about. So now we have a generation of young people um, that know little or nothing of the Bible and what they do know, know, they found out on TikTok. So there's a lot of of myth breaking that has to happen, a lot of prejudice that young people might have, but they don't even know why. Um, But just they kind of got infused through their parents. But yes, there is a lot of a lot of openness among the younger generations and people who have worked in Spain for many years talk about how years ago Spain was like it was a graveyard for intercultural um, Christian workers that would come to this country. And now, um, and now it's really different. Now there's a, there's a hunger, there's an interest, there's an openness that there hasn't been in, in past years. And it's something that we're really grateful for, but we also realize that it's a big responsibility um, because mm-hmm. right, the church needs workers to rise up and disciple others um, the way that Jesus wants us to. What is the reason for the hunger? What's the longing that that's there that's making them interested? Um, actually, I would think that a lot of this hunger has to do with the prayers of the Spanish people, because for many, many years, at least in my context, we have um, maybe older, older people in the church who have been praying for revival for many, many years. Like ever since they got saved years ago, they started praying for revival and they've been praying that God would break down the spiritual barriers in this country. And they've been praying a very long time. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them, like even tell us, like we we see that God is doing something different. Um, there might be other, of course, social factors as well. Things like um, internet access to internet and access to different ideas that maybe weren't as available 20, 30 years ago. Of course, that contributes. Or the globalization, the fact that like the global youth culture, for example, has a lot of the same ideas, a lot of the same interests. So when the gospel starts reaching uh, young people in that culture, it kind of expands in a little easier way. But I think that mainly it's because of the prayers of the Spanish people. 
true that is an that we're seeing something different in the new culture that's arising on the new generation that's arising but um there's a generation that has been lost and it's people from the 30s and 40s they're not at church anymore um so it's true that the new generations that are rising they they come like this and i think it's because um spain and the culture has changed a lot in the last years that um i think we forget uh, about um i don't know how to explain that in in english but um we forgot about the history most of it so i believe people from the 30s and 40s they they had in mind what the church did in the past very fresh but the new generations they don't so they look at it with new perspectives and new um ideas on what it might be and i think also uh, having an openness to other kind of religions like um, I've seen in new generations very openness to like Buddha and things like this, you know, uh, that has opened to new experiences and new ways mm -hmm. of doing things. So I think this might also help um, to talk about spiritual things more openly. Well, I work with our evangelism team in our church, and I can see that, as Dari said, there is... Um, uh, a generation who who rejects everything that is related to Christian faith. There was like a generation who was uh, who who thought that the church was hurting them, so they didn't taught to their children. Uh, or there is yes, they didn't taught to their children uh, things related to Christian faith. So that generation who are from 30s to 50s, at least in my church, we don't have people from those ages. And now we can see younger people, the youth, that I think that they know that we are not only a flesh or a body who, who are here and who are without purpose, but people with I talk to are more open to oriental spirituality and I don't know astrology and things like that. But in the in their minds, at least um, people from from twenty to thirties they're still going away from from christianity and everything that can sound like bible or jesus or gospel or or, or those words yeah. right i would also add that i believe that this younger generation is also more aware of their brokenness there is a lot of mental health issue their mental health issues there's a lot of um yeah just emptiness and I think that the younger generations are really aware of that. Maybe past generations were more focused on material things like uh, building houses, getting a stable career. And even though this generation is concerned about that, um, they see at least th that age group between 20, 20 and 35, maybe even 40, have lived several cri economic crises. 
they've kind of lost the dream of having a stable career because they don't see many opportunities for them. So like, I, I feel like Spanish young people are quite aware of that brokenness and that need for something to fill them. But at the same time, it's a generation that is very overstimulated and overentertained. So they've been exposed to all types of entertainment, social media, a lot of just fun adventures, uh, fun things to do with friends. And like kind of they've had it all in a sense at a very young age and it doesn't fill them. And I feel like there's a big part of the young uh, generation that has realized that um, what the world offers them doesn't really satisfy so that could contribute to why a lot of them are realizing, like what Joshua said, that we're more than flesh and bone. Like there is a spiritual aspect to us that that we need to cultivate. So I think that's what's leading a lot of them as well to like oriental spirituality. They realize that there, there's a need for something else that this world can't offer them. But at the same time, they still have um, those prejudice, prejudices against Christianity um, that we as disciples of Jesus need to help break down. Yeah, I see that before uh, it was more black and white, everything. Uh, but now the truth be has become relative, like uh, relativism. I, am, I don't know if it's the right word in English, mm -hmm. but there's not only one truth. So if you share about the gospel, oh yeah, that might be truth. But as well is the truth of that other religion. So there's not only one truth. It changes everything, you know, also the way of you sharing the gospel to others or sharing about the Bible, because we really believe that it's only one truth, that is Jesus Christ. So, um, and it has changed a lot. Before they were saying, no, I don't want to know anything about it, and it was white or black, but now it's, okay, everything is allowed, and I want to know about everything, and I want to experience about everything. So some people do come to really recognize there's one truth, it's Jesus, and like you have, what is it like to be, you know, a real follower of Jesus Christ in Spanish culture today? That's a good question. <laughs> It is a good question. Because it also changed in the past till now. Because I remember when I was younger and I was sharing about that I was going to church and I was going to evangelical church. They were pointing at me as I was, uh, um, how you say, um, los testigos de fe, una secta, a sect. A cult. Yeah. A cult. A cult. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I didn't know that word, new one. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, they, they thought that I was in a cult, so they didn't want to know anything about it. But now it's more open, so even sometimes they agree to come and visit and have experiences. So it's related to that, so um, to what we were talking about. But I don't know about, because I live in Barcelona as well, and Barcelona is very, you know, very open city that has a lot of people from different parts of the world. So it's more kind of open mentality than the rest of Spain. So I don't know how it would be that for Kelsey or Joshua. Um, when I started university about five years ago, I was in a class of about 60 philosophy students and I was the only Bible-believing Christian in my class. And really what I noticed in my class is that, well, I guess they were philosophy students. They were quite open to talk about deep topics, but there was a genuine interest in asking questions about Christianity, kind of wanting to understand my point of view. So 
in my in my personal experience, I haven't noticed that rejection as an evangelical, as a Bible-believing Christian that maybe past generations have have experienced. Maybe I think that there are two kinds of people who are open to us. I mean, like as we are um, another kind of spiritual expression to to live and and those people who think that we are are something strange in the middle of Christianity. We are not part of the the Christian culture. We do some things different. So I, I found people who who asked me, uh, "Okay, you're you're a Christian, but you don't do those things. But you don't do those those things. Are you sure that you're Christian?" It's like mm -hmm. yes. If you talk to old people, it's so mm -hmm. hard to say that we are evangelicals. I mean, because maybe people don't don't different don't don't they don't make the difference between what they learned about Christianity and uh, what we're um, sharing to them. So mm. there are those kind of, of people who are open and who think that we're like something strange <laughs> in, in Christianity. I would love to ask you guys how you see the evangelical church responding to the climate that you're describing. You know, when I grew up, we were focusing a lot on Sunday uh, things, you know, <laughs> but yeah. now it's been a revival in a way, and I'm very excited to say that because it's been mm. many years. But um, I see that they they see the need of discipling, not only sharing the gospel but making disciples. So um, I see the church answering to Danny like, okay, there's new people coming, but how we um, teach them what Jesus taught us to do, like how we entrust others with what we've been entrusted with. So this is my experience, but I think Kelsey, that is a wife pastor, can answer that question really good. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. I can't, I can't answer for all of Spain and all of evangelical Christianity in Spain, but I can at least share the experience of our church um, what we are experiencing at our church is a genuine desire of the people to connect with the culture, to connect with the people. Um, there was a time when the evangelical church was really separated, not only from sins in the world, but separated from the world itself in the sense that it kind of separated a lot from culture and maybe were known more as like more legalistic as in do this, don't do this, a lot of rules. Um, but what we're noticing now is that people have a genuine desire to reconnect with culture, to bring the gospel, not, um, yeah, just bring the gospel in new ways that will actually connect with the people at their level. So we're experiencing a lot more organic evangelism of people not wanting to just hand out flyers, but actually mm -hmm. wanting to share their faith in, in real ways, sharing their testimonies, testifying um, normally in our prayer meetings on Tuesday nights, we have the opportunity for people to share testimonies. And we hear a lot of testimonies of how God is using the people in the church to bring light in their workplaces. Mm. Um, we have uh, people at our church that work as business women or businessmen. We have um, nurses, we have doctors, uh, teachers, 
And no matter which area of society that they're in, they're trying to be light and they're trying to be salt and they're, they're having conversations, they're having opportunities to pray for other people. So we are seeing, at least in our, in our circle, we're seeing Christians mm-hmm. wanting to break down the barriers and actually reach people where they are. I think we're beginning to hear that revival is beginning in Spain as the result of years of prayer by Spanish believers. And it's great to hear that Christians are finding natural ways to share their faith with others. And yet we know that sharing our faith and leading people to Christ is part of our calling. And then we need to disciple them and take them deeper. There's a real need there that's not only about sharing the gospel, it's about discipling others. And this is why Iberia Project comes. Come back for the next episode of Entrust Equipping Leaders to hear Don Maurice and Sheila and Kelsey and Joshua tell us what they're doing with the Iberia Project through Entrust in Spain. Thanks for listening again today to Entrust Equipping Leaders. Mm-hmm.